The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. We're back, baby. My name's Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-hosts and very good pals, Hodge and Alex. All right, lads? Look at us go. Uh, Gray, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? A hundred duck-sized horses. Easy. Uh, Expand. Because a horse is fucking big and a duck's got a beak. So if you've got a duck the size of a horse, imagine how big that beak's going to be. Yeah, fair. So you'd rather take the hundred duck-sized horses and just chin them? Yeah, they just have little hooves. <laughs> oh, you're just going to kick the shit out of them all? <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> I just pick them up and put them in a shed, like you do with ducks anyway at night. That's fine. Uh, Hodge, same for you? What would you rather fight? Oh, a hundred, uh, was it duck-sized horses? Easy. Well, you're just going to fill them all I in as well? fucking kick the heads off, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we're going to win them all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great, yeah. There's a little uh, little icebreaker for you. Um, bad one when uh, Geordies have a bad rep. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm kicking them, not yeah. punching them, so. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, don't have the best track record avec horses, do we? Do you see that German Olympic coach got uh, banned or chucked out for punching a horse after it didn't do as it was told? Uh-huh. I was like, a little bit of, had yeah, a little bit of Geordie pride in me. I was like, that's, that's all I'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll always have a home in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're back. Back with season three of Talk of the Tune. Can you imagine how many episodes we've done? Fuck knows. Does anyone listen? We don't really know. <laughs> uh, but we're back with another season. We're going to give it our all this year, aren't we, boys? I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, maybe it's like, yeah, we've got we've got two listeners, me and you. Gray doesn't listen, so maybe we can try and convert that into a, into a third <laughs> listen that we can actually get. Uh, Gray's just one of those ones that's there on the night, isn't he? Aren't you, Gray? Well, we've got to live in the moment, you know. Just leave it all on the podcast. Leave it all on the field. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever. No quality control. You can tell, obviously. But yeah, this is episode one of our third season. Uh, we're still in pre-season. Very mixed bag of results in our pre-season friendlies. I mean, we've played some really, really exquisite opposition in York City, Doncaster Rovers, Rotherham United. Really up there in the top echelons of European football. Burton Albion, Burnley probably being the most glamorous of the lot. And then we've got bloody Norwich City. As I say, mixed bag of results. I mean, we lost to York. That was really quite shit. And we lost one <laughs> nil. Uh, but all of our keepers were out. Yeah, is that the, the excuse we're going for? Sure. We lost to Burnley one nil as well. But apart from that, these kind of the results have gone our way. We beat Doncaster Rovers, we beat Burton Albion, we beat Norwich City convincingly, who will be facing this year in the Prem. So that's hopefully a sign of things to come. Dwight Gale bagging two goals, then we beat Doncaster Rovers. What do we think of preseason? What do we think of how things are at the minute? Very up and down. Not convincing enough for me, but I'm always glass half empty when it comes to Newcastle United. <laughs> the shining grace is obviously with kind of got a bit of a run of form going into it. A shining I mean, grace? It's only a couple of games, but... What's a shining grace? Well, it's a shining grace. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a saying, isn't it? No. I don't think it well, is. Well, I've made it, so 
Shut up. All right, okay, yeah, okay, sorry. Uh, people can start quoting it from Talk of the Tune. Oh, have you, have you heard that lad of Talk of the Tune doesn't know what he's on about shining grace, won't get. But we've got some sort of run going into it with a couple of wins, and I mean, it's only just that we're playing West Ham the first game of the season because West Ham have actually got a worse or the worst starting game record in terms of wins in the Premier League history and we're just above them so it's going to be an absolute shit show probably from the first game in but it's going to be a shit show season I think for me in total so Hodgie the shining grace of the talk of the tune podcast shining his light in the season ahead <laughs> of course you've also gone and jinxed it saying that West Ham have a worse opening record or opening day records I will be levelling that one out won't we the lads will be thanking you for saying that I don't know I'm quietly optimistic <laughs> makes a change I think uh <laughs> I think Bruce will get sacked before Christmas and Graham Jones will come in as caretaker manager and we'll be pushing for Champions League football in no time. Aren't we just... Okay, no, I can tell you're taking the piss now. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we just... Or aren't we about to offer Bruce a new fucking three-year contract or something? Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. There's been Uh, usherings. which has obviously just sent Newcastle Twitter and the Newcastle fan base absolutely apoplectic. Like, you, you would have thought... Ashley's a smart businessman without trying to man- mention the, the dreaded word takeover. If Ashley was half confident of that going through the next year, you just offer him a one year deal, not three years. Like you're just tying people's hands who are going to buy the. Ah, you just take the piss out of him a little bit if you give him a one year, though, don't you? Not at all. He, he knows exactly the position he's in. Uh, but anyway, we're going to go down a, a rabbit hole there. And I think the less said about that, the that's it. I think Hodge has got a question. Hodge? I was going to say, I'm um, surprised that he hasn't gone for some ridiculous like eight-year contract, like he's been giving players and <laughs> old managers in the past. Oh, <laughs> well, I just give Steve Bruce 20 years. Why not? Just oh, fuck it, go for it. That's the next level for him, isn't it? I'm not sure how much... Uh... Steve Bruce owes him. Wasn't that whole thing? Wasn't there rumours around like Alan Pardew got the eight year contract or a massive contract because he owed like M- yeah, Mike Ashley some debt. huge debt or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, didn't he? Wasn't he offered the job in a casino or something like that? So I yeah, as well. something like that. Yeah, bonkers, man. Let's hope Gray's right in some way. I mean, I'd like to see Graham Jones get the job after his success with uh, the England team this summer. We're going to talk about the Euros, or is it still too painful? Way too sore. Way too sore, yeah. But uh, congratulations to Graham Jones, obviously being a key part of Gareth Southgate's uh, coaching squad. I think that really shows his quality as a coach. I mean, is there an argument to say, can a coach make a big step up to a manager? And like, Or are you just going to be a good coach for the rest of your life? You know what I mean? Mm. Well, I think times have changed. Like, football managers are effectively coaches now. They've got directors of football in. Head coach. Every club. Gone in the days of a football manager actually managing the football club that's it's long gone their sole aim and purpose is tactical awareness and just getting yeah. the team out that's going to win in 90 minutes on a Saturday that's a good point actually I'd love to go through the the ins and outs of manager versus head coach and what the effect of a director of football is and is the is the term manager dying out in its old kind of in the old sense of the word it's quite interesting actually that could be a, an interesting topic because stevie bruce is a head coach isn't he he's a wanker <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah both right i guess yeah but i'll tell you what if you can get the joe willock deal over the line which we're expecting hopefully any fucking minute yeah, he gets a bit of credit in my in my eyes because he's been the one that's been fighting for that. You kind of believe that he's been chipping away in the background trying to get that one over the line. Just hope it can fucking happen mm. there. Uh, anyway, I'm jumping the, I think I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. All right, in terms of what we're talking about today, what are we fucking talking about? Uh, we're going to go through our predictions for the season ahead. 
So things like the Toons finishing position, where we think we're all going to end up, players of the season, top goal scorers, yada, yada. Then we'll look at the the wider league, uh, which teams we think will be relegated, who's going to be the champion, etc., etc. We'll have a little bit of a talk about uh, our thoughts on transfer activity or lack of thus far unless we're talking about outgoings. Um, and then we'll sprinkle in a few more little topics in there before ending on our predictions for West Ham on Sunday. I think that sounds good, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So the season ahead, right, what's this? The 2021-22 season. Fans are finally allowed back in the stadiums, which I think is going to make a huge difference, first of all, for Newcastle United. I'll be there on Sunday. Are you? Yeah, go, go. Oh, sick, mate. Are you going to be in the Platinum Club because you're dead rich? That's <laughs> just where my sad dad's tickets are. <laughs> yeah, so, so yes is the answer yeah 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 it's fine oh mate i'm jealous though right well interested to hear what your prediction is going to be later on but i think having fans back is it back to full capacity uh i have no idea to us i think it might be there's some bullshit rumors of they're doing random spot check covid tests on the fans as they enter the stadium oh really just like <laughs> oh yeah i'll take I'll, 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 I'll pick you out because you look a little bit dodgy uh, or you've got a little you look a bit minging. Go sit in a room for half an hour, miss half an hour of match <laughs> before, before you wait for your, uh, for your natural float. I want to do be a bit more uh, aggressive, where people just randomly go over and stick a fucking rod up someone's nose and stop looking at the Stay there well in 15 minutes while it does its thing. <laughs> You're like, how ye? Have you got fucking COVID? <laughs> no, get out. <laughs> Just have to quarantine the whole stadium, probably. Uh, that'd be interesting, though. But back to the point in hand, I think they'd be interested to get um, fans back in the stadium and testing their metal. We've obviously had a season of keyboard fucking warriors on like NUFC Twitter and all the fanzines and all the fan zones, obviously giving it large about Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley and the running of the club. It'll be interesting to see if that materializes or whether people get wrapped up in the. I was going to say the emotion, but that sounds a bit soft, but wrapped up in the occasion of being back at St. James's Park for the first time in God knows how fucking mm-hmm. long. I think there was quite a few people went to the Norwich game, the friendly, and I saw, like, I think it was True Faith did a, a video outside. There's this lad, Emil Franchi, talks to, to people outside. There weren't too many people, like, obviously you're coming off the back of, like, a 3-0 win, so spirits are going to be high, but there was no mention of, like, Bruce out or fuck Mike Ashley it was all just like it's lush to be back it's great to be back so that's what I mean I wonder if people are going to get caught up in the you know, in the occasion what do you think Hodge? I don't know it's it's obviously been very strange not having people in the only the only sh- uh, kind of thing that we can take out of being Newcastle fans over the past is that we do have a 12th man on the pitch with the crowd so yeah. having 100% capacity is that you would think it's going to work, but a couple of games in, if it's not picked up points, so we haven't done as well, it's going to be a massive turn on uh, old Brucey boy, isn't it? Uh, we're quickly turned, don't we? We're not. Uh, I don't uh, think you would still be there or here at the club, rather, still, if we had fans all through last season, because it would have been brutal at times, the yeah. abuse towards him, right? Well, this is what I mean. Like, I think he's been quite, I think I said last season, like, he's been quite fortunate in that there's not been fans at the stadium, because that just ramps up the pressure massively on, um, on him, first mm. of all. And, well, Lee Charnley, if he gives a shit. See Lee Charnley's salary now? No. Yeah. 675 grand a year or something. Fucking hell, man. Jokes, man. He's had a massive pay rise as well. Fucking idiot. Uh, yeah, let's not dwell too much on this because obviously we'll cover this probably after the West Ham game or as the games progress in terms of being back in the stadium and, and the effect it has. But Gray, let's let's start off on a, a wider topic and that's kind of the Toons finishing position where you think Newcastle will potentially end up this year. 
And then at the end of the season, we can all laugh at how wrong you are. <laughs> well, uh, I'd love to think that my, my chat of Graham Jones becoming manager and us pushing for Champions League football by the end of the season will come true, but I really don't think it will. Um, <laughs> what, so seriously? I can dream. I think we can all dream. When Newcastle fans, after all, we've got, was it, everyone says that's that all we've got. got unrealistic expectations of our, of our team, which I think is a low nonsense. But uh, I don't think it'll be top half. There's too many good teams in the Premier League now and we're not one of them. So I'd like to think we'd be best of a bad bunch and probably finish about 14th. Which is, in fact, exactly where we are right now before the, se- <laughs> the season started. So we're not going to move anywhere. No, I'd, I'd be quite happy if we sit 14th all season. Well, we had a last that last gasp fucking burst at the end of last season, didn't we? Where Joe Willock came in and just revived the, the club for a few games. Well, it was like 14 games he was here in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. We ended up finishing 12th. Um, so you think if we can bring Willock in again, I'm probably jumping the gun, but if we can, I think a lot of it will hinge on whether we can bring Willock in. But but Hodge, are you uh, you of the same mind as Gray? Where do you think we'll we'll end up? Yeah, something like 15, 16 in the league. It's it's going to be really hard because if and when this Willock deal goes through, what is the pressure like going to be on him for the first couple of games? Because people are going to expect. A performance out of him and expect him to start and if it doesn't quite click straight into in a kind of top gear how patient are people going to be I mean we've been patient with some players like say like Miggy and and yeah. uh, I suppose Joe Linton to a certain extent for a while but that's like they've had like a season and a half nearly to win over and we give them that long I don't know if it's going to be that long with Willett because he's already had the loan spell he's already been scoring the goals so that's going to be the big hinger uh, like you say like it's having him play well and him linking up with Wilson and, and a couple of the players in the team, we could do okay. And if Graham Jones is is being the man behind the the, the wheel, basically of the, of the ship, then it could go really well. But it's just so up in the air, and I'm I, I, I don't feel good about this season at all. So uh, yeah, I'm sticking with sixteenth. Sixteenth, um, but it's safe. Power. But it's safe. It's safe. Safe. Yeah, just gonna get scraped through again. Again, it's probably worth saying at this point, at the time of recording. The Willock deal is not done. I think the latest is that the fee has been agreed mm-hmm. um, and we're kind of just waiting. There's all these rumours going around that he's desperate to join and then there's other rumours saying he's waiting for other clubs to come in. But it's a deal of upwards of £20 million for Joe Willock. I think it's in and around. It's between 20 and 25 mil. Don't know the ins and outs. But he is yet to sign as of the time of recording. Mm-hmm. So we'll cross all of our fucking fingers and toes that it does actually materialise and it does happen. I'll, I guess, thanks for asking, guys. Um, <laughs> I, will, uh, I will probably say, I think you're right, There's the lots of teams around us have, have strengthened really well. Um, I would be, I guess it's a question of where I, where would I be happy or where do I think we're going to end up? <laughs> I'm just going to say 12th again. I'm just going to say we're going to go for 12th again. But a lot of that hinges on, yeah. Callum Wilson being fit. I think if he's fit, Sam Maximan being fit, there's so many like factors at play. If we can keep our players fit, which obviously a huge issue last year and, and lots of players getting COVID for like 17 months, which is something fucking ridiculous. If we can keep them all fit and keep them on the pitch, I think we do stand a fighting chance. I don't think we'll be scrapping if we can keep our top players fit and, and playing. So moving on then, in terms of star players this year, I think we all know and we're probably all going to say similar players, but let's start with Hodge this time. Who do you think is going to be the standout senior player for, for Newcastle this season? 
I think Wilson, he's been given the number nine now as well. So I, I don't know what kind of motivation that does to a modern footballer anymore. Following the likes of, of Shearer in the past, he's got to know what the score is about it for kind of what it means to Newcastle fans a little bit. So I'll probably say, probably say Wilson, he'll step up. You know what he's going to give you. He's going to give you 100% and he does pop up with goals um, that have been quite important in the past. He's very consistent, I would say, as well. Whereas someone like St. Maximin, if he gets a knock early in the game, his head kind of goes down, doesn't want to get injured, always wants to kind of play, which I totally get, but he's got no rebound sometimes and he gets a little bit lost. So that's why I'm going to go with uh, Wilson. Nice, okay. Well, Wilson, yeah, he ended up on 12 goals last season. We read a stat about his conversion rate being like still being up there in like the top four or five players in the Premier League. So he's going to be super important this year. 12 goals in uh, 26 league appearances last year. So mm. yeah, if we can have him firing on all 38 games then I think we're we're in a good place. Gray, who do you reckon is going to be your standout player? Well, obviously you mentioned Wilson. It's, it's hard to say anyone, but as long as he stays fit. Uh, obviously ASM, we all know the flair that he brings. But I'd like to go for someone possibly a little bit different. Uh, and, whether this, and, and, and whether this kind of encroaches on another category later, I'd like to see Ryan Fraser have a hell of a season. I think... He didn't get much opportunity last year. I think he got slated a hell of a lot for not wanting to play. But can you really blame him under Bruce? Great year of Scotland. Scotland did okay in the Euros. They bored the shit out of us, England fans, in that match. But I was uh, at that fucking game. It was dreadful. Oh, yeah, that's the ticket you took off for you, wasn't it? Yeah, fuck it. Thanks for that. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's time he, he comes good. We all know the class he's got and he, he's, he's produced it, obviously, at Bournemouth. He's had a good pre-season as well. He has. He's, he's got he's got minutes under his belt and, again, just very hopeful that he will come good. He has the quality which we need and, as Pardew would always say, you'd be like a new sign-in. <laughs> Uh, I'll just jump in here quickly, Hodges, on the back of that. Yeah. He's definitely one to watch out for, and consistency is 100% key, and it's something that he did not benefit from last year. He was, as you say, he was a bit part player. He was always coming on for like the last 15 minutes, or you know, he'd play 60 minutes or something at the start and never really shine, but he never got a consistent run of games. Now I think I was a bit unfair to him like back end of last year, because after being out of the team for so long and not really contributing anything. I think he came on and got like two yellow cards and got sent off in a ridiculously short amount of time, which really pissed me off. Something ridiculous like that. And he's just looked like he didn't want to be there and he just seemed like he has a bit of an attitude but all the signals and all the signs and all the messages coming from him are quite good this season. He seems like he's up for it. As you say, he's got time under his belt with Scotland-ish. Again, he was was a bit of a peripheral player but certainly in pre-season he's been He's been there. It all depends on the the system we play as well. Like where where is he going to go? Because I think there's a bit of an issue. I was reading somewhere that he's obviously a more of an out and out winger. We don't really play out and out wingers. Or towards back end last year, we don't necessarily play out and out wingers. We prefer to play people that you know, kind of waft around on the on the wings, but kind of are more central. It was that quote I sent you about him stating that the coaches want him to play as like number eight. Oh yeah, so that was it. Central. And he's just saying, look, if you want me to play there, you need to tell me how to play there. I think that just sums up the nature of Newcastle. Let's sign a quality player and play him out of position. Uh, we we yeah, did exactly I mean, the same with Joel Linton and he's caught a hell of a lot of stick for it and he's trying his best in the positions. You can tell that was done when Graham Jones was away. They tried to slip one of the fucking radar there. Ryan, you're going centre-half, Ryan. What? <laughs> uh, but it just sounds like we want every single fucking attacking player up the middle. Like you've got Sam Maxima who tends to play on the left but comes in, but 
you know, he does best when he's kind of sat off the strikers. You've got Miggy that plays in the middle. Hopefully we'll have Willock that plays in the middle. Sean Longstaff is kind of sits at the back a little bit, but can go in that center attacking midfield role. Like you need players out on the wings and he can do a lot of damage from that wing, popping it in for, uh, for Callum Wilson. So yeah, I think um, Ryan Fraser's a good shout, hopefully, this year. Hodge, did you have a, anything to, to add? Just going to be on the uh, Ryan Fraser thing and you, you did pick up on it, which was the two easy yellows to get the red in that game. And I was just thinking... Mm-hmm. If he if he wants to be remembered as a half decent player or in in good in a good light in Newcastle fans' eyes, he needs to have a stormer this year to completely yeah. write that because it wasn't just a negative; it was such a massive negative. And I remember speaking to you about it, Will. And we were just like so angry, like yeah. over such like a very a really like simple thing to do of such a big magnitude. If that made sense, like just a not professional at all, and you expect better from a, a Premier League footballer. Hundred percent. Just going to boil my piss if I talk about it anymore. Like, <laughs> move on. Yeah. Anyway, who's my player? Who's my player to watch this season? I think Wilson Yeah, is up there. So Max Man, I've talked about him enough, but I'm hoping it'll be Joe Willock. I mean, he is a, a bit of a complete footballer for me because he puts a shift in good backwards as well, and you can often find him in the later stage of the games, like defending corners, like sticking a foot in quite composed, like nicking balls off people on the edge of the box. Obviously more so attack-minded, but he's a bit more of a box-to-box midfielder, and that box-to-box midfielder that we've been looking for for a long time, mm-hmm. ever since we said goodbye to Mo Diame. Mm-hmm. Any young players to watch this season? I mean, we're not famed for, certainly in recent years, putting young players through and, and playing them. Um, so I can't imagine we have a wealth of... We'll just send Kel Watts out on loan to Wigan. I was hoping we'd see a bit more of him this year. Mm. Did the same with Dan Barlasa last year. He had a good preseason, then he went off to... I don't know, where did he go? Rotherham or something. Yeah, Rotherham. There's not really any youth players on the periphery that are looking to get a you know a nose in for the senior squad. Maybe Tom Allen? Mm. Elliot Anderson as well. Elliot Anderson... Is there any anyone that stands out? Not really. You could probably even throw like Matty Longstaff's in that category. He's still very young, uh, not really had much of an opportunity. Will this year be be a change and an op- a big opportunity for him to make a statement? I reckon he'll go out on loan. You know, um, I think he needs to. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. He's it's not worth having a player of his his caliber sat on the bench. But also players like Freddie Woodman again. Is he 22? Has uh, a huge opportunity yeah. at the start of the season, potentially being our starting goalkeeper. He's 24 now, Freddie Woodman. Crazy yeah. crap. Shows what I know. Yeah, do all time flies. Weird to think as well that like Sean Longstaff's still only 23. Mm. That's crackers, man. Um, but yeah, I don't think we have. Again, this is something that really annoys me. We've obviously got. We're absolutely a, a football mad region, but we're just not producing enough youth players to come through and challenge for first team places. So I'm hoping over the years, this is something we can really look into and we don't lose all of our talent to clubs down South Lake. We have actually brought some youth players in. The the only transfers in so far are Cameron Ferguson, Remy Savage and Charlie Wiggett. Cameron Ferguson, who is a centre forward and son of a legendary Newcastle United forward, Duncan Ferguson. Who knows if they're any good or they'll feature. I mean, we've also just shipped out over 10 youth players that you know are always you know pegged to be the next the next big thing i'd really like to see more youth players coming through this season um but i can't see it necessarily happening unfortunately right if we look at the league again 
the wider league. Who do we think are contenders for relegation? I think I went to Hodge last time, so I'll go Gray. Gray, who do you reckon will be in danger of being relegated this year? I think the three teams who've come up, Norwich. That's just a cop-out, that one. It's a serious cop-out, but I think it's a big ask now to come up to the Premier League. You look at the teams who went down last year. Just for anyone that's not aware, the three teams that have come up this year are Brentford, Norwich and Watford. I think it's probably actually a, a good back. Brentford have lived a bit of a fairy tale story, but you know they've got that nice new stadium, which is probably going to go half empty in a few years' time because they'll be back down in the lower leagues. Norwich, they're just selling all their best players. And Watford, they've just signed Danny Rose, haven't they, from Tottenham? Oh, yeah. That's their level. Right, Hodge, any... Uh... Anyone outside of the, the three that have come up you think might be contenders, surprise contenders for going going down this year? Outside of the three that have come up, Palace, I think are going to struggle. Patrick Vieira in charge now, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if I'd have much confidence in him, to be honest. Like, yes, he's a, a big name in football and in Premier League football, but does that experience make a good manager? Who knows? It's, the proof's going to be in the, in the eating of the cake, really, isn't it? But I think their their players are just not, not there. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it on purpose now. <laughs> oh yeah, those are all the proofs and the eating of the cake. Yes, yeah. it often is. Yeah, I just their cohesion last year was like very mixed. I don't think many people liked um, Roy Hodgson as a manager. Quite dinosaurish in his uh, in his ways. Oh, and yeah. they've they've not really strengthened. They've got rid of a couple of players, so I think their time's come. And I think it came out the owner of the club said. Um, okay, yeah, we've got a new manager, but we're in the process of rebuilding now. So if we go down, that's not a problem as such. Oh, setting really low expectations. So they're, yeah, they're kind of like saying, oh, well, if we, if we stay up, then that's okay. But if we go down, I think they're expecting to have a bit of money to spend to then get back in. Which, I mean, why don't you spend that now and then save the hassle of, of trying to go down and, and work your way back up because it doesn't always work the first time around. Um, so yeah, I'd true. say they'll be going down. I'd say Watford, and I'd probably say Norwich. I think Brentford will do okay. They'll come out of the blocks wanting to fight, which is what you need to do. Look at like what Hull did when they first came up. They fought their way and stayed at like in the top five for half the season, then collapsed the second half. But they would put so much points on the board, they were fine. Yeah, that's what I think Brentford will do. But I don't see Norwich or, or Watford doing very well. I think Wolves might have a bit of a struggle as well. You've nicked my one there. Yeah, I was going to throw. I was going to throw. No, sorry, I was, was going to throw Wolves into the mix. Mm. Uh, I think new manager. They'll probably. I don't know. We've just got Raul Jimenez coming back, but their squad just seems a bit like everything just seems a bit up in the air with Wolves at the minute. They've just re signed Ruben Neves, I think. Well, given him a contract give extension. Given him a contract extension, yeah. Well, yeah, I think they could be in trouble, actually. And Burnley, I think maybe the, I don't know, Sean Dyche, I rate him, but a lot of aging players in that team, and they've, I don't think they've signed any fucking any fucking players so mm. yeah I think they could be in trouble as well but imagine how many fucking podcasts Premier League podcasts going to be putting us in that bucket who do you think's going down yeah Newcastle yeah. Newcastle <laughs> going down this, yeah, this is their last season <laughs> 100% nice and then just a quick one who do we think is going to win the Premiership this year uh, Hodgie who do you reckon I like Chelsea under uh, Tuchel I think he's got a lot more to give and Romelu Lukaku coming back in as well. Yeah, you can always say Liverpool and Manchester and stuff, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say it could be Chelsea's year this year. Reigning Champions League winners. Yeah, that's the Chelsea have got my bet as well. Grey? Right, Chelsea, good shout, but you can't look like past City. I think we're too good for too strong. Yeah, I think they'll, uh, they'll retain it. I don't reckon Grealish will be any good, you know, this year. What is that? Cheerleader effect, isn't it? You look better because you're playing with a load of you know, middle-of-the-table Premier League players, but then now, you're, England, again, now you're playing it? against, like... You'll be side-by-side side against fucking Kevin De Bruyne, man. He'd make you look good, Will. My fucking right, he would. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the five-a-side stuff, scored a worldie a few weeks ago. It's fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going Chelsea. Hodge, you're going Chelsea. Grey? C. Okay, got to have one that's different. Makes it interesting. Makes it interesting. 
Man United, though. I mean, Varane coming in, Sancho's already over the line. I think mm. they're going to do fucking well. Just don't want to say it because I don't want them to do well. <laughs> That's the season ahead. be interesting to see how it transpires and how we do. Uh, we're not going to put any points against it because it's too early to say and these things never go to plan. We touched on it a little bit before. Transfer activity. So Newcastle United's transfer activity so far or lack of a whole heap of outgoing players. I've had no one confirmed coming in apart from to the, the the junior team, so like the Ferguson, Savage and Wiggis. But loads of players been released. I mean, senior players, Atsu's gone, Andy Carroll's gone, Henry Saive's finally gone, Florian Lejeune, sad to see him go, Muto would have been on a big wage, Elias Sorensen, who was the next big thing, is gone, Ludwig Franselet. Loads of players have cleared out this year. In my mind, I think it's probably a good thing because we've got a lot of big earning players off the wage book. But interesting, yeah, interesting to hear your guys' thoughts. Any Anyone you're sad to see? I think Lejeune's probably the, the big one, but generally happy with how we've cleared the decks. Gray? Playing Lejeune goes a big mistake. I still believe that he was possibly our strongest centre-half and the fact that he was out on loan last season was crazy. And especially not having a recall clause in his uh, contract when we were struggling. Oh yeah, and we had no... We had actually one, one fit centre-half and he was playing on half a leg or something. Having a an absolute blast at Deportivo Oliver. Yeah, and he he's comfortable on the ball, and I think to have him alongside, say, the cells, who's not necessarily ball playing centre half, would would have been class. But then to have him and Shah, I'd, I'd put them up there with your Laports and people like that who, who are at City, some of the best centre halves in the league, because they are just so comfortable on the ball and they could make things happen from the back. Well, you saw Lejeune score two goals off the bench against Everton to save us that game, was it two seasons ago? They say Newcastle fans are deluded. <laughs> we're, we're definitely proving them wrong. And he had a hell of a hit on him as well, if I remember. That old saying, isn't it? There's no point crying over spilt milk. We're very bitter to see him go, but it just begs the question, surely he's got someone lined up to come in and replace him, or we need another centre-half in that squad. I think there's been... We were rumoured with Axel Tunzabi or Tunzabi, who's gone Aston Villa again from Man United, and now I think we're being linked with Rob Holding. Uh, Phil Jones always floats around, doesn't he? But Phil he's Jones. too old now. Hodge, what do you reckon? Do you think there's gaps that need filling after the you know the, the departure of all those senior players, or what do you reckon? It's just bad business to think, like, now we have three first-team centre-backs, and we usually play maybe it's a three with the two kind of uh, wing-backs. We've got Shaw, Fernandez, and ourselves. Well, if one gets injured, that means we're going to have to either try and play Dummett in there, who, I mean, yeah. does a job, but he's not an out-and-out centre-back. We've got Hayden, does a job, but he's not an out-and-out centre-back. And, you, mm. and you're pulling, say, one of our best, better players, as, as in Hayden, as a defensive midfielder, pulling out of position to put him back there. So then you've got to try and fill that gap with someone who's not as good and just makes you weaker and weaker through through the whole yeah. team. So I, I, I don't really get it. And if, if they had someone come in and go, yeah, we've got a better player, we've got a younger player, we've got a player who I know is going to be a better player and he's going to perform well, then yeah, okay, sorry, Lejeune, you're first on the list. See you later. That would have probably been a bit better, but it just doesn't make sense to me that at all. So we've got we've got Kieran Clark as well that can play at Yeah, so Kieran Clark as well can play there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what he he didn't feature for the last few games of the season. I think he must have been out injured. And then yeah. Brucey loves shoehorning fucking Emil Kraft in at centre half as well, doesn't he? But he's not. He's I think we know he's not a centre half. He's turned out to be a bit of a, a useful player, good utility player, Emil Kraft. But yeah, he's not. He's not your starting centre half or right back, really. Mm. Is he? Looking at the squad, though, I think we definitely do need a fucking right back. I mean, who have we got contending? We've got Kraft and Mankio. Mankio. 
<laughs> I mean, Mankia is going to start. Oh, do you know who we're forgetting? Fucking Jacob Murphy. <laughs> right wing back. He's had a good preseason as well. Quite happy with him. Mm. Got quite a lot of stick last year, but then scored some worldies. So it was like a bit of a roller coaster for him. Potential incomings. I think we've talked about Willock, the potential of him coming in. That's dead exciting. Apart from that, I've not really heard any other rumours apart from, you know, like Rob Holding. I saw one today, um, Andre Frank Zambo and Gise, you know, that mm. lad from Fulham, the defensive midfielder. Yeah. Utterings of rumours, but where do we think we need to strengthen ultimately? Uh, who do I go to last? I can't remember. Let's just go with Gray. Gray, where do you reckon we need to strengthen? I think, well, defensively, 100%. I think all across the back five is that what we're playing now. Who knows? Let's see how we line up on Sunday. We're just not good enough in defence. I think we've got two or three good players, mainly centre-halves. But again, we just don't have that strength and depth. Right back, seriously suspect. Left back... I got Demet. Forgotten man, Jamal Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> That's a name I was trying to get. I'd be interested to see how he does this year. Maybe last year is like blooding him in. Hopefully he'll come good. 15 million quid he was. He better come good. Especially if he's got ambitions to be the next uh, Alexander Arnold and things like that. Oh, he said that, didn't he? Across the back five, we really need to strengthen. I think up front as well. We've got three out and out strikers now. Having. Uh, Andy Carroll and Yoshinori Muto gone. Uh, so we're left with Joe Linton, our new number seven, which I think is a great move. I think take the pressure of the number nine off him. Callum Wilson, the new number nine, and then Dwight Gale, who popped up with a couple of goals against Norwich in our last um, in our last friendly. Uh, I think we could probably do with some younger players in there. I don't know. Joe Linton's still got youth on his side, 24 years old, but no, like... No young strikers coming through. No young kind of players come off the bench and just run their asses off. Looking quite looking quite light up front. So I'd quite like to see a strengthen there. We've got plenty of depth in midfield across the board, I think. Get rid of Jeff Hendrick, get a bit of coin for him, and then use up invest that money again. And hopefully you've got Willock coming in as well. Mm. I wonder how many times I'm gonna fucking say that this podcast. <laughs> hopefully hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. Right, okay, well yeah. Let's just hope there's a bit more activity on the transfer front. Always like us will be towards the end of the transfer fucking market. I think there will be, just to throw some positivity in there, because of the way we do our business in the loan market, a lot of teams will be waiting for the transfers to stabilise before we swoop in and say, well, he's not going to play, so can we take him off your hands? I think someone like Nat Phillips will come in on loan from Liverpool. Do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised he's not going to get a game, is he? Well, with Van Dijk and Gomez back, I guess, yeah. Did okay last year. Not He didn't do great, but just to give us depth. Do you know who I really rate? I'd love to see us bring another Arsenal graduate in. I'd love to see Reese Nelson. Oh, you'll never get him. Do you not think? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think you'll get him. And even like looking at uh, Smith Rowe, that would be an amazing fucking sign. But he's definitely first team Smith Rowe. But Reese Nelson's on the periphery. But I don't think I don't think we get Reese Nelson either. We will need that type of player. Mm. We need a, some form of striker. We'd like to see an Armstrong come back. On, on on that point, actually, got two old Newcastle boys back in the Premiership in Ivan Tony and Adam Armstrong. You've got Armstrong probably going to Southampton and then Ivan Tony at, at Brentford. Is it a case of letting them go too soon? Do we think? How what kind of seasons do we think those boys are going to have? Ivan Tony has always scored goals whenever he's been on it on loan, but at lower teams, and they've they've strategically loaned him to to clubs where they don't play our style of football and they play more his style of football, which is a bit more open ball on the ground, not lump it forward and try and flick it on and, and do that sort of jazz. Like in, in Brentford, of what I've seen of them last year and especially in some of the cup runs that they went through in the FA Cup and then some games I've seen live on TV, they looked a really smart outfit. 
again in the championship and you have some pretty poor teams down the bottom, but you've got to beat him at the end of the day. I think he'll do okay. I think he'll get a couple of goals in against probably some decent teams where they'll get a good counter and break, but by rather than just lumping it forward, they'll play out quickly. He likes a quick game. He's a fast bloke, so I think he'll do okay. Adam Armstrong is at his time and has has been given time to try and prove himself in the Premier League. It's going to be tough for him, but I'd love to see a local lad do really well. Even if it's kind of not for us, if you know what I mean, just a, a bit of a bit of pride. Yeah, we also we also bag a bit of cash on the back of the Armstrong deal, don't we? I think yeah, it's something I think like so, yeah. I think it's like forty percent of the profit. Yeah, I think from from selling him, I, I don't know the ins and outs, but obviously that'll go yeah. straight 40% into percent of the profit. That's not bad, is yeah. it? That's... Yeah, I think it's something along that. And we sold him for like one point eight million. So yeah, we, we stand to make a bit of a wedge, obviously depending on what he goes for, but. I think that's quite a quite a decent deal the the, the hierarchy have done there on Armstrong. Just yeah. gonna, I'm just watching them and hoping that fucking Southampton massively oversplurge and then spend them. <laughs> got that Danny got that Danny Ings money, don't they? They've got to yeah, invest it. And fucking Blackburn will know that as well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how those boys get on. Hopefully, we won't ruin our loss uh, at two kind of young strikers that we've let slip through the net. Interesting though. What do we think of the new uh, the new kits? So we've got the home kit and then the the away kit that was that was launched last week, a couple of weeks ago. We'll start with the home kit. Everyone's been saying the same thing on on Twitter and on like all the fanzines, but there's one thing that comes to mind when I look at the the new home kit. Does anyone anyone want to put me out of my misery? Guess what it is? Is it the number four? The massive fucking number four. Yes. What is the crack with the number fucking four on that shirt? <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that's all I can see now. It's one of those things. Someone points something out. It's all you can see. The number four. I don't think I've seen this. Oh, shut up, man. You're taking the piss. There's like a massive number four on it because it's where it's how the sponsor lies. It makes it look like a four. Yeah, Google it, Gray, and you'll never, you're never going to be able to not see it now. You'll see it. Well, you, you can't miss it. <laughs> anyway, Gray, while you're looking at it, what are your thoughts on the new home kit? Is something you're going to be uh, purchasing for yourself? I, I don't mind it. I just think it's ruined by our sponsor having a shit logo. The way we should write any Newcastle shirt is if you put the Nicky Brown logo on oh, 100%. or Blue Star. If it had the Newcastle Brown logo on, it wouldn't look like a number four neither. Yeah. Which right. is a big, strong point also. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, you see it now, do you? <laughs> yeah. That massive number four on the front of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't look like number four. Controversial. Uh, but yeah, I think it's all right, isn't it? We're with obviously new new kit sponsor now in Castor, Castore. I don't know how the fuck you call them, but British brand. We're British. <laughs> Pretty smart. Looks like it's good quality. They're also sponsoring, I think, Wolves and Rangers this year. And their kits look dead smart. Where they really pushed the boat out and smashed it is in our new away kit. Have you seen that one? Yeah, it's lush. Like, it's lush. It's unreal. It's so unreal. I bought a Newcastle United kit for the first time in God knows how many years. Fucking dear, though. It was like £70 in the end. Uh, but it's it's absolutely... Six, 64 on Sports Direct. I'm not putting money into it. I was just about to say, I'm not putting money into fucking Sports Direct. I bought it from the club shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, in the hope that it maybe gets reinvested in the club. But smack that one. I think it looks I think it looks really, really good. I just love the little details and like the distortions of the hoops. Yeah, things. apparently uh, the distortions are different on every single shirt as well. That might just be one of those fucking stupid rumours I've read. But uh, yeah, I think they've done really well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that one this year. And I'll be wearing mine. I mean, we've got one iffy kit in the home kit. We've got one lush kit in the away kit god knows what the fucking third kit's gonna look like but we definitely need one we've got a black shirt and then black and white yeah and black and white or well, black and gray and black and white you definitely need, yeah, need one. hopefully it's not as uh 
as garish as a goalkeeper kit. Oh, that's a horrible pink, pink and purple kit. kid. They always let themselves down, yeah, don't they? Looks like a kid's sweet. Down. Does a bit, yeah. A rank one. Got some, got some pepper pig vibes on that. Percy no, pig. Percy <laughs> pig, sorry. Percy pig. Um, right, well, yeah, I think... Well, I, I know my thoughts on the fucking kid. Um, I've been brainwashed by the marketing and I've bought one. But no regrets. Just keep telling myself that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're coming to a coming to a bit of an end now. Uh, it's good to get back out there and start recording again. Um, hopefully, a bit more positivity this year, and we can get behind our team, providing Stevie Bruce goes. Um, before we go, we we'll have started a, a fantasy Premier League league. Is that what you call it? Yeah, we'll start our own Talk of the Tune league. If you go on our Twitter page at TOTT Podcast, you can find the entrance code. So you just go on there, join a league, and then put our code in. Then you're locked in, locked on. Be interesting to see who ends up top there. Quizzes will be back. I think we're going to be introducing some new quizzes and new segments across the year. So keep an ear and eye out for those. We'll be adding more quiz questions to the the Twitter news feed as well. Just before we go, we said we would look ahead to the West Ham game. Hodge, what do you reckon the score will be on Sunday against West Ham at St. James's Park? One zip to the mags. Oi, big ups. That's not like me, is it? Positivity. All the goals. I like it. I like it. Gray, I imagine you're going to bring us fucking crashing back down to earth now. I, I fancy a 3 0, you know. To West Ham? To Newcastle. Fuck off. What have you been drinking? Did you say 3 0? Sorry. He said 3 0. Yeah, 3 0. <laughs> Fans back in the stadium. Things like that. Yeah. yeah. True, true. Give us the boost we need. Uh, I reckon it will be 2 1 to the tune. So I reckon there's going to be goals from both sides, but we're going to pip it late in the game. Well, I hope anyway. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, but yes, good to be back. As I said, we are going to be recording more regularly, which will be good. More structure. We're going to put a lot more effort into it. Uh, hopefully you can see that. <laughs> sure. Or hear it. Um, or hear it, whatever you want, yeah. Um, but yes, we will be back and we'll be back with a bang. But great to be back. Lads, good to talk to you again. See you in the next one. See you later. Bye. Great, say bye. Say bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.